morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing a song called Another Year is Dawning. So it's got words that sing and reflect the new year coming up, but it's to a familiar tune of Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting another year with thee another year of progress another year of praise another year of proving thy presence all the days another year of mercies of faithfulness and grace Another year of gladness in the shining of thy face. Another year of leaning upon thy loving breast. Another year of trusting, of quiet, happy rest. Another year of service, of witness for thy love. Another year of training for holier work above. Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be. On earth or else in heaven, another year for thee. O church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain, for now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. Our call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. And with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Come see the cross where love and mercy meet. As the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes like crushed beneath his feet. For the conqueror has risen, and as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day, every eye and heart shall see. Good morning. Good to have you in the Lord's house with us this morning. The last Sunday of 2023. So this morning we're going to do a little bit uh, in the sermon, a little bit of look back and project looking to the future. Uh, 
looking for God to work, amen? We celebrate all that he has done in your life. You should take a moment, look back at the year 2023. Um, we've had in our church babies born, people come to Christ, baptisms, uh, all kinds of things that have been related to the ministry and uh, the growth of the church, people added to the church. All of that is exciting. It's good to see God at work. Amen? Amen. And then as we look forward into the year 2024, um, I'm hoping we have more babies born and more people come to Christ and baptisms, all of that. Uh, just looking for the Lord to bless in so many areas. Let's ask his blessing on our service this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the the wonderful privilege of living in a country where we can freely come and lift up our voices in song, our hearts in prayer. We can worship you without persecution, without fear. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that as we press forward into new years and decades and centuries ahead, that you would help us to continue to have those freedoms. Help us to pass our faith to our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. That we might see you lifted up and glorified. For truly, Lord, we do mean it when we say, God bless America. We, as your children, we genuinely, sincerely call for your blessing upon us as individuals, our families, our church, our nation. Thank you, Lord. Be with us as we worship this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
as we sing one of our newer songs rejoice in the lord now and always sing it again we rejoice and then oh praise the name rejoice in the lord now and always sing it again we rejoice delight in the love he has shown us gratefully lift up your voice his gentleness among us will join our hearts with praise we gather in His goodness, a family of praise. With each breath He's given, praise the Lord. In these times we live in, we will praise the Lord throughout every season. I am sure we have every. Just for nothing, pray for all that you need. Come with a song of thanksgiving, lay your requests at His feet. His peace will fall upon us to guard our hearts and minds. In Christ who reigns eternal, the shepherd. 
This morning, Hillary and I are going to sing a song together called, Lord, I Need You. And <clears throat> thinking about the new year, thinking about today being the last day of 2023, tomorrow being the first day of 2024, what more could we need this year than the Lord Jesus Christ? So we're going to sing a song called, Lord, I Need You.
When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. I'd like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would, please, and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you don't have a Bible with you, although I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church, but uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, right on the back of the pew in front of you should be a Bible. I fully realize that we do put the verses up on the screen, and I think that's wonderful technology, but there's something special about holding the Word of God in your hand. I like it. I like having paper in my hand. And I know some of you, you're of a, you know, I was born back in the 1900s. And back then we didn't have, we didn't have those iPads and all that stuff. So paper is a warm feel to me, whereby when I, when I get out an electronic device, it's kind of a, kind of a cold, impersonal thing to me. But that's, uh, like I said, that's maybe generational. But I do want you to turn with me in your Bibles, whether it be a paper Bible or an electronic Bible. I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read to you verses 22 down through 32. I'm going to preach out of that particular text. And the title of our message this morning is Confirming the Course. Now, that's, I want you to kind of envision with me going on a trip going on a journey. And again, this may be a little generational as well, because certainly when Sandra Joe and I got married, uh, again, back, back in the old days, we had maps, uh, atlases. And before we would go on a trip, we would get out our atlas. She, she grew up in Texas, I grew up in Massachusetts. So if we went to visit either one of our families from whichever place we were, we would map out our route and I would take a highlighter and I'd map that thing down so that we knew exactly where we were going. And we wanted to confirm the course. We wanted to be sure this is going to work. And to be honest with you, I kind of recommend you still do the same thing. Oh, pastor, I just turn on my GPS and wherever it takes me, I go. John and I here, oh, I don't know, several years ago, we were going to do the men's conference, which is over in New Hampshire. We were hosting the men's conference at that time, and we were towing a trailer full of stuff, 
and I was driving, we plugged into GPS. In fact, I think it's the first time we'd gone to that facility and we were just following the GPS. I did not confirm the course. Why should you? Why would you? So we take it, we're going along, it takes me off this little side road. Side road turns into a driveway and I'm looking at a field. <laughs> and I said, I don't think we're gonna go across the field. We're not, we're not going that way. So I had to back that thing up with the trailer on the back down these people's kind of driveway thing and find a little place, turn around and leave. It's good to confirm the course, confirm where you're going. Number, I used to be the field rep for Spain, Portugal, and Morocco for our missions organization. And uh, the part of the responsibility was every three to four years, I would need to go to the country and meet with the missionaries and just kind of encourage them, see how the work is going, et cetera, et cetera. And so one year I told my son, Josh, I said, listen, I'm gonna go and I'll pay, I'll pay part for you if you can pay part. And come with me and we'll drive, we'll drive to Portugal and Spain and we'll touch base with these missionaries. And, but if you go to a foreign country, you want to make sure you confirm your course because not always do they speak English, even though they're taught English in their high schools. Uh, some of them have a little attitude about that. They want you to speak their language. Have you ever met somebody in America who they look at, they look at people and say, speak English, this is America. Happens here, doesn't it? It happens there too. And Josh and I, one place we stopped, uh, we were trying to find a particular thing in our route. We stopped and talked to, I don't know how many people we talked to, never found the place we needed to go. It pays to confirm your course, know where you're going, how you're gonna get there, lay it out. Know where you've come and where your destination is. And so we're this morning gonna look here in Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 on. And we're gonna do a little bit of that this morning as we look into the year 2024. We've not been there yet. Any of you been to 2024 yet? Wanted to just find out if we had any time travelers. No time travelers. We're all getting ready to go there together. And it's good for us to look back a little and to look forward. So listen as I read to you Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 down through 32. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to them that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption." 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Father in heaven, as we look into this text, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be able to look at things that we need to leave in the past and set the course for the future. Help us to follow you as you lead us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we look in this text, verses 22 and 23, really talk to us about the past. It says, put off the old man. And that is applicable in so many ways. The direct part of the text is it's talking to you and I about our soul, our eternal life. And he's saying we need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, accept him as our savior, that we might lay to rest the old sinful man and be born a new believer in Christ, laying to rest the old, taking up the new and living for Christ. But there's another application to it in the sense that we continually have to lay to rest the past that we might pick up the future, that we might not always be going back, but moving forward. Have you ever met those folks who are continually living in the past? They're angry about stuff that happened last year, last decade, last century. They, they won't speak to people for decades, on and on and on, because of who knows what they can't remember. But they're still living in the past. They haven't let it go. They haven't picked up tomorrow and moved forward. Here God talks to you and I and he says, listen, we need to put off concerning the lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Each and every one of us, we would do well to continue to renew let God help us to move forward. He says, renew your mind. We need to spend time in the word of God. This morning I had gotten a, a message from a company that sent me a, a new read through the, through the Bible in a year course. And, and I was looking at it. I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I'll do this one. Because I want to keep renewing, keep refreshing, keep alive my mind. You don't want your brain to go sedentary. You want to keep it re reviving, uh, whether it's through the word of God or through teaching or preaching. In fact, I'll tell you, through the years of pastoring, I've had many people tell me, Pastor, I never learned so much as when I taught children. When I taught children Sunday school, it just brought everything alive to me. Reach out, teach your grandkids, teach a Sunday school class, volunteer in junior church, jump in there in Awana on Wednesday nights to Bible clubs for kids. Start to renew your mind by investing in a young mind. Here he reminds us. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I, each of us deciding, yes, I want to move 
past yesterday, that I might strive towards tomorrow, that I might be in that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When you read those verses, he really is speaking to us individually. If we're not careful, we become dying, dried out, shriveled up Christians. Got to keep it alive. Sandy and I are not green, green thumb people. You know what a green thumb person is? They can make anything grow. We're just the opposite. We plant stuff. I, we have tried to plant all kinds of trees on our property. Finally, I went and I talked to a guy who told me, he said, listen, your soil's no good for growing trees. And it, it was so freeing. Thank you very much. I'm all done. No more, no more peach trees, apple trees, pear trees. I'm all done. I tried growing maple trees. I'm done. I'm just not a green thumb person. We, even in the house, Sandra Jo now has some plants that are kind of thriving. But for years, I'm telling you, we tried different plants. And they would just dry up and it's just horrible. I don't know what we did wrong. Something, I don't know. But if we're not careful, that happens to us. And I'm not talking about physically. I mean spiritually. We don't keep feeding our mind and watering it with truth and the word of God. And before long, we become just bitter, just dried up, stale Christians. You have to keep it alive. And that's what he's telling us. Don't let this old world transform us into what they are. We need to be reformed and changed into what Christ wants us to be. Look again with me at those verses 22 and 23. As he tells us to leave the past and move, to the, move forward. He says, put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful list lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind you and i need to put off that which is corrupt you and i have to learn to recognize the things in our lives that hinder us and they're not good for us i was watching a news program the other day and these guys were talking on this panel about how long food is good in your refrigerator and it was an interesting thing because it was two women and two men. And somehow they kind of got into a little bit of a debate about this. I thought, I thought this was a pretty cut and dry issue. I thought, you know, stuff's only good for so long. No, absolutely not. One of the ladies, she said, oh yeah, yep, you look at right up in the book and fish is good for a very short time in the fridge. And this guy says, oh, that's not true. He said, I, I wait, it's the smell test for me. He, says, he said, I go in the fridge. He says, it lasts much longer than two or three days. I go in there, I undo the wrapper. And if it, isn't, if it doesn't stink, it's good to eat. I thought, ooh, right. maybe. And it brought me back to my dad. My dad was that way. You know, he... I can remember one time I went to his house and I uh, opened the fridge and he had a big steak sitting in there and, and I 
looked at that steak and it had kind of turned an odd looking color, weird sheen. I said, dad, listen, you know, I, I think I need to throw this steak away. He came out of the living room. He was around the corner in the living room. He says, do not throw my steak away. I'm curing that steak to eat it. And I, I thought, dad, I, I picked it up. I smelled it. I said, dad, I'm telling you, you need to not eat this steak. He ate it and he was fine. But we do have to learn to recognize some corrupt things, don't we? Not just steak and fish and all that stuff. I mean in our own lives. There are some things we need to get rid of long before they stink in our lives. There are some things we need to recognize they're corrupt. They're not good in our lives. You know, if, if you've picked up the habit of this world of swearing all the time, you need to get rid of that. Leave that in 2023. There's no room in your Christian life for that. Leave it. The Bible says it should not be that out of the mouth of a Christian comes both pure and salt water. That's not natural. We should be people who are pure language. Why? Because it honors the Lord and it corrupts us. There's lots of things in our lives that if we're not careful, they creep in because they're all around us. It's all part of the culture we live in. And as they creep in, we, you can't wait till you stink. You got to say, oh, I need to not be involved in this. And that's what he's telling us here. Second Corinthians 517 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. You and I need to live like new believers, like new Christians. Yes, I realize that the longer you're saved, you know, things happen. We, we do get tarnished. We get beat up. Maybe somebody hurts our feelings or disappoints us. Maybe we, are, we feel betrayed by somebody who we thought was such a phenomenal Christian. You know, all these things, they happen to everybody. It's people. It's people. And you and I, we have to go back. We have to say, I'm going to leave that. Because I need to walk into the future with Christ. I've got to keep on keeping on to the glory of God in my life. And that's what this text is talking to us about. Leave that stuff. Bury it. Let it go. Years, years ago when I was a boy, we used to have coon dogs. My, my grandfather had beagles for hunting rabbits. Uh, but every once in a while, you'd get a hunting dog that would hunt things that weren't supposed to be hunted. And I remember one, one of the guys had a beagle that killed the neighbor's chickens. So I'm not sure whether this really worked, but I'll tell you what he did. He went ahead and took one of the chickens the beagle had killed, and he tied that chicken right to the neck of that beagle dog. And he let that stay there until it rotted off the dog. Now, I don't know whether the dog ever chased another uh, chicken, but I wouldn't, would you? <laughs> You know, there are things that we just recognize they're, they're bad for us. And the longer they're on us, the worse they are for us. And so he's telling us here, he's saying, discard them, get rid of them, move on from them, that you might move forward. 
And so we pick it up in verse 25 and we come on down and he starts talking to you and I about the stuff that, listen, it's like an old chicken tied to our neck. Listen to what he says. He says, put away lying. If that's part of your life, get rid of it. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For, your, for we are members one of another. He's wanting us to, to think about that old saying of do unto others as you would have others to do unto you. He's saying, don't lie to people. We're all people together. Put away lying. Verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Anger happens. It's a part of life. Things happen and they make us angry. But he says, get angry, but sin not. You see, there's a, there's a meter gauge in there, and you know what it is. I, I don't know for you, but I know for me. If I get angry, there's a, there's a gauge in there, right? We don't want to go any farther than that. Let's throttle it back a little bit. Because anything beyond that now, now it's going to turn into sin. Many a young couple has brought themselves to destruction with anger. Getting angry, saying things they should never say, doing things they should never do. And it's not until they get older and they kind of calm down and cool down, they look back and they think, wow, I can't believe I did that. But here God has given us a, a warning ahead of time. He's saying to us, listen, yeah, sure, things are going to happen in your life that are going to make you angry. Sin not. Don't let it get ramped up. Don't stoke the fire. So he tells us as we're moving forward in our lives, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I love that saying. It's hard to do, but I love that biblical truth. To go ahead and learn to just lay it aside and be done with it before the end of the day. It's not an easy thing to do. But it is a good objective. It's good to strive towards. As we look into the new year, it's something we could say to ourselves, you know, I'm going to begin to practice that. I'm going to start to strive towards that. Instead of dragging the old stuff into tomorrow, let's leave it in yesterday. And at that sunset, it's done. He gives us such wonderful life advice. Verse 27, this is a very broad statement, but it is such a good statement for us. Neither give place to the devil. So it's a little bit of a turn of phrase that he uses there when he says, give place. He's really talking about you and I kind of stepping aside and letting the devil in. He says, don't do that. Don't give place to the devil. To come into your life and into your circumstances. Stop him at the door. Stop him at the gate that he does not come in. Each of us in our lives, it's not a hard thing to really visualize or understand. If you've ever, how many have ever had a dog in your life or you've lived in a house that had a dog? You know, I don't know about you, but for me, my dogs, except for when I got older, we had a little Chihuahua dog, but all the dogs before that were what we called outdoor dogs. They could come in for a little while, but they primarily lived in a doghouse outdoors. 
And I'm telling you, an outdoor dog that gets wet, they stink horrible. I mean, it's horrible. And an outdoor dog that's wet when it comes inside has one thing on its mind. Does anybody know what it is? They want to shake that water off. So when you go to go out the door, that outdoor dog, he's at the door and he's doing something. He's right at the door. As soon as you open it, his nuzzle, he nuzzles his little nose right in that door because he is hoping to get inside. He doesn't want to go to the dog house. He wants to come inside where you are. But he stinks. So when I was a kid, man alive, you didn't want to let that dog in because mom and dad are going to throw you out. It's a big deal. So the dog, he's kind of nuzzling, trying to get in the door. And so what you do is you step in there. Have you, you want me to teach you how to do that? You just, you step in there. And you push the dog out and close the door. You don't give way to the dog. You give way to the dog and the dog is in and shaken before you can do anything. Well, here he's saying to you and I, he's saying, don't, get, don't give way to that devil. Don't let him get his nose in the door. Don't let, because as soon as he gets in, he is going to wreak havoc in your life. So you learn to recognize in your life, all right, the devil's trying to get into this area of my relationship, my job, my finances, my, my habits, my hobbies. I can see him there. He's, he's nuzzling the door. I, can, I know he's trying to get in. And the Bible says, do not give way to the devil in your life. Now, that's not always easy, is it? Means you got to be alert, got to be determined. You know, maybe other people are standing behind you saying, Come on, come on, let's go. They don't understand you're trying to keep the devil out. You just have to keep doing what's right because you're wanting to move forward. You're wanting to not have to deal with the past. You don't, I listen, I'm done with letting the devil wreak havoc in my life. I want to move forward. So he says to us, don't give place to the devil. 27, he says, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him go to work, labor, working with his hands, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. What wonderful truth. How I wish we were still having boys and girls read the Bible in school. Wouldn't it be so wonderful for every boy and girl to understand that the Bible says that we should work. We shouldn't be, uh, you know, they show on the news these things where these folks are breaking into stores and gathering everything up. That's not shoplifting. Shoplifting is where you sneak and hide it. These people are breaking and entering in broad daylight. Somebody needed, they needed to teach them when they were little, 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 steal no more. Go to work. Work with your hands. Why? So that you might prosper. Listen to what he goes on to say in the verse. Listen to what he says. It's, it's such great. He says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. We're such a selfish society. 
We're taking away. And God says, no, it's just the opposite. As you go forward in your life, you should learn to be able to work and provide to where you can give to others who are in need. It shouldn't be that we're a culture of people taking. We should be a culture of people giving. Giving to our neighbors. Giving to our family. Giving to those who can't work. It should be that we're charitable. But sadly, we have removed the principles of God from this entire generation. And we see shocking things happen. Because people have forsaken the, the simplest principles of the Bible. So listen, as, you, as we leave 2023, if stealing is your problem, and I have no idea if there's anybody here who has a problem with stealing. But if you do, leave it. Pick up with your hands a trade, a job, an occupation, a career. Let God bless you the way he does so that you one day can give instead of take. Let God do a work in you in the year 2024 so that you are a transformed, changed, renewed person through the power of Christ. He comes down through in verse 29 and he really talks. I almost think he's talking specifically to our generation. Listen to what he says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. How much do we need that in our culture, in our society? How much do we need that, not only in the younger generation, but in all of our generations that you and I are living with and in amongst? For us to learn to control the things that come out of our mouth. No corrupt communication. But instead that which, with, which edifies. That brings grace to the hearers. How wonderful would that be? Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I've got to speak the truth. As your truth cuts the heart out of somebody else. Well, you don't understand. It's not gossip. It's not gossip. I'm just telling you what it is. No, it's gossip. It's just that it's gossip about what is. The scriptures teach us to, to do, a, do a check. Think about the things we're saying. Are they things that edify? Are they things that represent grace and mercy? He says, learn to cut short that corrupt communication. So as you move into the year 2024, it'd be good to learn to remove some habits of communication. So that you might have new communication that honors God, that brings forth grace, that brings forth edification, which is encouragement. Verse 30, he says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So you and I, every one of us that have received Christ as our Savior, you know the Bible tells us that when we turn from our sin and we call upon Christ, we confess to him, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and to save my soul. We become a new creature in Christ. 
old things pass away, all things become new. And then the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within our hearts and lives. And here he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You and I, you and I that are Christians, you and I that have received Christ, we sense and know the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And he says, stop grieving the Holy Spirit. We know. Whatever it is that's in your life that you know, ugh, that, that grieves the Spirit of God in me. He says, stop it. Stop it. Now, that seems so harsh, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of like with your little kids. You look and you tell them, knock it off. Stop it. But the reason we say it is because whatever they're doing is not good. It's not right. Amen? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't say it if they're eating their vegetables. You don't, you don't look down at your kid and say, stop eating that broccoli. That, <laughs> knock it off. That's not happening. Now, if they're eating ice cream, you might, they, they hit the second quart. Whoa, stop. That's enough. <laughs> because, you know, that's not really good for them. You know, you're not going to go into the kitchen and your daughter's washing the dishes or your son is doing the dishes. You're not going to say, knock it off. Stop doing the dishes. I don't want you doing the dishes. You're not going to do that because that's a good thing. But now if you come in there and they're fighting and bickering and arguing and pushing and shoving, you might go in and say, knock it off. Stop it. Why? Because, you know, that's not a good thing for them to be doing. Here, God is simply using very pointed language for you and I. And he's saying, stop it. Stop. Stop grieving the Holy Spirit. He lives in you and he dwells within you. He's part of you and will be forevermore because you received Christ. You're a child of God and he dwells within you. Stop. Each of us individually. Only we know between us and God when we grieve the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, as we move forward, stop. Verse 31, he's kind of tapping into the past here. Listen to verse 31. Let all bitterness, and bitterness comes from the past. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice is anger with intent to harm. He's saying, put it away. Leave it. Leave it in the year 2023. Move forward into the year 2024. Let God bless you. But leave all that other stuff, that bitterness, that wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Put it away from you. Along with all that, that anger with intent to harm. That malice. He says, get rid of it in your life. In verse 32, he, he projects for us the new course. He says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And I love that last part because he gives us a gauge, a gauge to determine, well, well how kind should I be? How tender-hearted does God want me to be? 
How much should I forgive? Well, you should forgive as much as Christ has forgiven you. As kind as Christ has been kind to you. As tender-hearted as Christ has been tender-hearted towards you. He gives us that gauge. Now our struggle is, that's a pretty big gauge. Because how tender-hearted has Christ been? He loved us so much that he died on the cross for us. How kind has Christ been to us? So kind that we, when we are in our worst state, he still loves us. You and I, each and every one of us, as we press forward into this new year, we would do well to confirm our course. Where have we been and where are we going? Here he gives us a wonderful road map for us to lay our life on and say to ourselves, okay, yeah, I've been in some bad places and I'm not going there anymore. In fact, I'm going to take them off my route. Not going there. I'm not going that way anymore. I was talking to an ex-drug addict here some, uh, some time ago. And he was talking to me about how that when he finally got done, he had to change all his friends. He couldn't keep going back. Couldn't keep going back to the same houses the same neighborhoods because it was just pulling him back into the same things. He had to learn to change and create a new course. And you and I in our lives, that's what God is talking to us about. As we press forward into 2024, let's set that new course. A course that will bring him honor and glory. A course that is according to his will. A course that will not grieve the Holy Spirit, nor do harm to our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers. One that is a course of grace and mercy and tenderheartedness, forgiveness. Yes, they're hard things, but they're worth it. Because we grow. We mature. We, we become better. We are renewed as we let God lead us into a better path. Let's bow our heads as we come to the end of the service. And as our heads are bowed and we look in our hearts, only you and I can see all the little struggles. Only you and I know what chicken is tied around our neck. Only you and I know how long we've let things lay in our lives waiting for them to stink. And we know it's time. We know in our hearts and our lives, it's time. It's time to throw them off, to cast them aside, that we might press forward. Father in heaven, I pray that you would help each of us as believers, as children of God. Help us, Lord, to leave those things in the past, that so easily beset us. And help us instead to press forward, renewed, rejuvenated, 
in our personal lives, our spiritual lives. We thank you that you love us. Help us through your spiritual strength, through your Holy Spirit, to overcome those corruptible things. We thank you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and we're just going to take a moment either right where you're standing or maybe you want to come to the altar. That's up to you. But maybe we could take just a moment and if God has laid on your heart something that you know you need to cast off and leave in 2023, let's take just a moment of silent prayer. And each of us, let's commit it to the Lord so we can move forward without that weighting us down. Let's take just a moment of silent prayer before we're dismissed. Father in heaven, as we are dismissed this morning, as John is going to sing a little short chorus, I pray that you would be with us as we go forth. Help us, Lord, to honor you in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the new year ahead. We thank you in advance for your blessings, your guidance. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Brother John. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Men were dismissed this morning.